and welcome to the next episode of the podcast, Discipleship in Challenging Times. We're reading today from Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, and we will read through to verse 16. Let's come come to our gods in prayer. Lord God, Heavenly King, as we come to you today, we ask for your help and your strength as we read your word. May we let it into our lives and then live it out day by day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Genesis 3, verses 1 to 16. Now the snake was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the snake, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the snake said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her And he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The snake deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the snake, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor you will give birth to children. Your desire will be with your husband and he will rule over you. Just read on through the next few verses as well. 
to Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Well, that's a reading that is difficult, but it's powerful, and it's absolutely vital to understand our fallen state, is to understand the need for the gospel, for God to come and to do something significant and wonderful, to deal with our sin and restore the relationship that we have with him. So this is a reading that is programmatic for the whole of Scripture. As we think of the shape of the Bible, the storyline that it sets out for us, creation and fall are two great acts at the beginning of this story. And so we need to reckon with this powerful chapter that tells us something about humanity and about our relationship with God, without him acting in salvation. See that there's a real blame game that's going on here. We blame one another. As someone has said, the man blamed the woman, the woman blamed the serpent, and the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. But actually, the man blamed God. Did you notice in the reading, the woman you put here with me? Everybody here is pointing the finger at other people and not pointing at themselves. But again, as someone has said, when we we point with one finger, there are four fingers pointing back at us. And we are the ones to blame. Sin is real. And ultimately, sin is rebellion against God, and we need to reckon with it. But we also see here that grace is real, and we can depend upon it. This is a chapter that is desperately sad, and that it record, in that it records our rebellion against God. But it also hints and points that this is not the end of the story and that God is going to work by his grace to bring us back to him. 
Genesis 3.15 is a justly famous verse and it hints strongly at our redemption. We just look at it together again. Saying to the serpent, God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. There is clearly going to be a battle between the serpent who represents Satan in this story and the seed of the woman. And it is the blow on the head that will be fatal. Many, many commentators see this as a prediction, a prophecy of the gospel of the Messiah who is to come, of the Lord Jesus who will crush Satan, who will win a great victory over him on the cross. And there are other signs of God's grace here. The garments of skin in verse 21 made by God himself. Occasionally commentators see in this a foreshadow of the atonement of a sacrifice that has been made on our behalf. I think that's unduly subtle and not really warranted by the text. But verse 21 does show God's care for men and women. Nevertheless, verse 24, the angels are there guarding the garden, but it's really to keep the way open rather than to close it off completely. God in his grace and mercy is working. There are already hints, there are already signposts, there are already pointers that our sin and rebellion, well, it's not going to be the end of the story. God's grace will win through going to close by saying the words of the old, old chorus. I remember this when I was a teenager. There's a way back to God through the dark paths of sin. There's a door that is open and all may go in. At Calvary's cross is where you begin when you come as a sinner to Jesus. Our sin is real, but God's grace is real also. And for all who believe in Jesus, it's God's grace that will win out in the end. We come to our gods in prayer together. And as we reflect and pray, it may be that you've stumbled across this podcast and you recognise that you have messed up And you wonder, is there grace for you? The message from today is that you're right that you've messed up and you need forgiveness and restoration. But as you search for grace, you can have full assurance that God's love for you in Jesus Christ is strong and sure. And you can simply put your faith in him and no forgiveness. Going to pray about that in a moment, but also if you've been on the Christian journey many, many years, I want to encourage you to rejoice 
in the glory and wonder of salvation. Our sin may be great, but God's grace is greater. First of all, a prayer for someone who is coming to God for the first time. Lord, I recognise my rebellion, my failure, what the Bible calls sin. I recognise my need for forgiveness and a fresh start. I turn from that rebellion and failure and turn to you and pray that you would come and make me clean Pray that you would come and put the Holy Spirit within me and pray that you would make me a Christian. Thank you that this is a prayer that you always answer. In Jesus' name, amen. And now for those who've been on the Christian road for many years. Thank you, Lord, that although sin is great, grace in Jesus is greater. Lord, forgive us our sins. There are many of them day by day. We never get beyond the grace of God. And so we thank you for the triumph, for the victory of the cross, the defeat of the devil. Thank you that his head is now crushed. And he is awaiting that final defeat to be signed and sealed when Jesus comes again. Lord, we praise you for the glory and the wonder of the gospel. Help us to rejoice today in all that you have done. Indeed, there's a way back to God through the dark paths of sin, a door that is open that all may come in at Calvary's cross is where we begin as we come as a sinner to Jesus. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And just before we close, if you have prayed that final prayer, I'm deeply aware that there are concepts and ideas here that you may not be familiar with and... When you hear these things, it's, it's a bit of a shock at the beginning because it overturns our worldview. I want to encourage you that something real has happened to you in your heart and life, and I encourage you to seek out other Christians. It may be that you are in contact with some already, that you're in contact with a church. If you are not, come to our website, Cornerstone Baptist Church Leeds, and send an email to our info email address and I will pick that up and I will be in contact with you. If you've taken this step of faith, the next step to take is to make contact. You are not alone and you will need help living the Christian life, but that help is freely on offer. Mm-hmm.